This is Lisa Miller and Associates, Florida Insurance Roundup, your podcast on the people, issues, and regulations shaping Florida's insurance market. Now, here's Lisa Miller. Welcome, friends. While the final numbers will be tabulated over the next few weeks and months, what is, without doubt, now, is that Hurricane Irma was the largest and likely the costliest storm to ever hit our beautiful state here in Florida. Irma's winds and floods impacted almost all of Florida's 57 counties, and several of those have been declared a federal disaster in and of itself. Damage will be measured in the tens of billions of dollars. Homeowners, businesses, and other property owners have been assessing the damage and begun filing claims with their insurance companies, and those claims numbers are expected to be in the hundreds of thousands. So how are insurance companies responding? How will they be able to meet the challenges of this increasing number of insurance claims? That's the focus of this edition of the Florida Insurance Roundup. Joining us today is Jason Evans, CEO of Evans Claim Service, with headquarters in Huntsville, Texas, about an hour outside of Houston. He's been in the property insurance adjusting business for nearly 15 years, and he has, in his in his team, they've just arrived in Florida to assist insurance companies with their claims. They've been here before, and they know the turf. Jason's worked in Arizona, Nevada, and other places that Mother Nature has not been so kind to. Jason, thank you so much for joining the Florida Insurance Roundup. Thank you, my pleasure. And also joining us is the president and CEO of American Integrity Insurance Company, Bob Ritchie, a company headquartered in Tampa, one of the areas impacted by Hurricane Irma. He's a 35-year veteran of the insurance, property and casualty insurance industry. Welcome, Bob. Happy to be with you, Lisa. Great. So... I just want to get started right away. Bob, you've seen lots of storms and disasters, I know. What makes Irma worse or more challenging, and can the insurance industry handle the hundreds of thousands of claims that are expected? Well, I'll start with the second part of your question. The industry can handle it. Uh, The industry is well capitalized. Uh, As all of us know, this is uh, a uh, a 12-year dearth of major storms hitting Florida, uh, and this is the first major hurricane. Now, this hurricane is unique in some aspects, but there is no question that the industry has not been better capitalized, both in terms of the primary insurance carriers, but also the supporting uh, carriers, including the Florida Hurricane Cat Fund, Citizens, and the World's Reinsurers. So uh, the confidence level of this, uh, especially since it weakened uh, in the last few hours before you made landfall, makes us a different kind of event. There is no question this is high frequency, high numbers of claims, and much lower severity, much total incurred losses than what it would have been if it had stayed on the West Coast and scraped the entire coast. But what makes Irma different is this is really a historical event in that the entire peninsula was faced with a direct hit. And while she entered uh, Collier County, um, she began to traverse the entire uh, peninsula and uh, obviously slowed down remarkably. Uh, We can't say that about our friends in the Keys, and I'm not minimizing the loss of human lives in the Caribbean. But for Florida, while this is a major event and a first major hurricane, um, certainly our preparedness is there. We will see claims from Pensacola down to Miami and the Keys all the way over to Jacksonville. So, Bob, 
that backdrop then makes us all wonder, how big is it? I mean, we've seen estimates that AIR worldwide tagged it, the insured losses, not the total losses, ranging between 20 and 40 billion. Midi Analytics came in, I think, at 64 to 92 billion. I mean, it's all over the map, Bob. What do you see um, in terms of these estimates? And do you think the money's going to be there for insurance companies to write the checks? I'm paying my estimate toward Karen Clark and company. Uh, Karen Clark, whose model we do license as well with AIR and RMS, has estimated this will be a $25 billion event. Uh, there is sufficient capital, again, uh, for all of the primary carriers. This will be an earnings event, not a surplus event for largely all companies. And there's no question that companies have various market share in terms of the sums path. Uh, but the event is large. Uh, it is uh, the largest, again, in 12 years. It will not rank in the top three to four uh, for the industry, but it certainly uh, the name will be retired. There will never be another Hurricane Irma, and every hurricane has its own individual characteristics, and she certainly has had her individual uh, characteristics. Thank you for that, Bob. And when you talk about it being an earnings event, I believe you mean in terms of how it will affect the earnings and the stock markets for those that are you know, looking at their balance sheets. Is that right? I'm not even talking about the market. Where I'm coming from is in earnings to the insurance company, and they certainly will be suppressed based upon the retentions or the deductibles uh, that carriers have where their reinsurance picks up from there. Got it. Thank you so much. And I, and I believe that insurance companies are now having to report daily to the Office of Insurance Regulation their IRMA experience and what their claims are looking like. So I'll turn to Jason. Jason, as a prestigious and professional insurance claims adjuster, I haven't seen it all in a long time, for a long time. You've been on the front lines. You've been in Texas. You were in Texas last week, as you and I discussed with Hurricane Harvey. What did you see there, and what is similar and different here in Florida with IRMA? Well, in Harvey, we had a large amount of rain, as everyone's heard, 50 inches in some areas. So it was largely a flood event uh, where we had the runoff flooding areas that hadn't flooded in over 100 years, and these are 500,000-year floodplains that, that actually were under six or eight feet of water. So in Florida, you're, you do have some areas that are flooded, but you have a lot of areas that the outlying winds, as Bob said, leaks across the whole state. So they may not have had that much rain, but they still had significant winds. So each storm has its own personality, and we'll see as Irma moves along here. But I expect it to be a mix of the wind and water and a little better proportion than Houston was and the Texas storm was as far as water damage. Bob mentioned, you know, the ability for the insurance industry to handle it, and I, I think he's absolutely right. They will rise to the occasion. You know, from the time a person calls uh, a an insurance company on their 800 lot until the time an adjuster arrives, that claim basically kind of sits in queue waiting for, for the next step. Do you think we have enough adjusters to handle the volume of this storm, and how does Texas affect that? Well, in terms of volume, when you have two storms of this magnitude, it stresses the supply of adjusters, undoubtedly. You do have companies like American Integrity that are getting out in front of this storm and making sure they emergency license adjusters and bring in additional people to settle these claims. So it will stress the system, and it's going to stress the supply of adjusters for a while. But as, as 
companies like this move forward and, and get proactive on it, uh, we'll get ahead of the storm and, and have everybody's claim taken care of in a timely fashion. So, Bob, turning it back to you, you know, in, in terms of what needs to be done to find the right type of people, it's not always about the adjuster itself. I know American Integrity has been very innovative uh, in handling claims. Do you think some of the technological advances will make it life easier for for folks versus what happened in 04 and 05 when we didn't have some of the technology? What are your thoughts about making the claims process more efficient since I know you all have done so much in that arena? Well, technology is an enabler. You're absolutely right. But nothing, I want to stress, nothing replaces the TLC, the tenth loving care at the first notice of loss. Um, and and for, for several reasons. Number one, it's people business, and uh, folks do want to be able to understand that you're out there, you're alive, you're well, and they want to speak to someone. So while we, we can all say it's about millennials that want a text message and, 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 and do it through apps, truth of the matter is when you get a crisis, people want to talk to a live person. So technology can take some of the burden off, but where it's really important is that everyone is equipped to take the first notice of loss within a few minutes and to reassure the customer, A, that they've got coverage. We're not committing undeductibles and how much is covered, but they want to speak to somebody. And so the way a claim uh, matures is the way it first gets uh, into the system at the first notice of loss, and you've got one chance to form the right first opinion. I hear you, Bob. I think that personal TLC is what makes all the difference in the world. I did read where CFO Jimmy Petronas, the chief financial officer of our state, said that in press last week that we had about 200,000 adjusters. Jason, do you see that? Do you think that's a bit high? That seems a little bit high. I hope that's correct. As we said before, with two storms going on, there's a lot of a lot of activity in the United States. You have wildfires out west, so all of those resources get depleted. Bob, just a couple of closing thoughts. How do you keep adjusters um, where they try to treat the claimant and the policyholder if they've seen 10 a day? How do adjusters or what advice can you give adjusters to keep focus on the policyholder that they've got just another claim, Bob? First of all, and I've said it my entire career, being a claims adjuster is the toughest job in the industry. And I'm not sure I would have been successful 35 years. So it's a very, very unique aspect. And at the end of all of it, the adjuster has to be present and first and foremost has got to show complete empathy and not over-promise and under-deliver. It's about triaging. In other words, when these claims come in, it's a fallen tree. It's about setting the initial expectation. And if people understand the scorecard, most people are very generous, realizing those with a total fire, with a total wind loss, where they've lost their roof or where they're out of a home, versus you know a nuisance of having perhaps a tree that's fallen. They're going to work with you. So it's about setting the expectation, but then it's also about communication. And then this is where technology can enable after the first notice of loss. And that's through social media. We've got 70% of our customers where we've got an active email address. It's about notifying them very often, both in a general sense and a specific sense. It's about giving our agents the right information, and daily we produce reports for them on their numbers of claims and what the process is. First notice of loss, blue tarping first physical inspection if required so the agent can be in communication. And fortunately, technology and data warehouses allow for the mass 
of data to be our friend as we're trying to keep ahead of the communication curve. Thank you for that, Bob. We'll do a separate podcast um, on the Florida Insurance Roundup about flood and what those numbers are and once we start seeing some indications. Do you think this is a, a flood event or a wind event or both? What do you think, Bob? It's both, and um, there is a significant amount of flooding up in Jacksonville, St. Augustine. Sadly, some of the same customers that got flooded in Hurricane Matthew. We're going to see a mixture of wind versus water. We're also going to be in a position where um, a number of claims will be under the hurricane deductible, much like other events that we've experienced these last 15 years. So, But the mixture will be uh, a combination of both wind and water. And Jason, for you, do you see customers understanding or they learn for the first time when you show up at someone's doorstep? Do you see policyholders more educated now than in past storms about the difference between wind and flood, or do we still have more education to do? Well, there's always education between the two policies. But I think, in general, the the residents of Florida are very well educated. And the one thing I would like to tell them is, Please take pictures of everything you have before you throw it away or stick with it. Document. Take a lot of pictures. Wonderful. Well, that'll close this edition of the Florida Insurance Roundup, and we'll be doing successive editions on Hurricane Irma, flood insurance, and other issues. Bob, thank you so much for taking the time. I know it's a very, very stressed time for you right now, and Jason, to you as well. And so for all of our listeners... We wish you all the best, and we're hoping that, you know, if you're a victim of Hurricane Irma, our heart goes out to you. And my advice going forward in the days and weeks ahead is that you be patient. This storm is like none other. And if you have a neighbor that has more damage than you, be neighborly and let that neighbor have the adjuster come visit them first. And take good notes as you heard, and good pictures, as you heard Jason say. For our insurance companies and industry support personnel, our best wishes go to you because you're working 24-7 to perform this hard work to keep things going and processed and claims in queue. On our show notes page, we will have information on emergency adjusters, how to reach the Department of Financial Services, and other helpful organizations to get you through this. We want to hear from you. So what has been your experience with Hurricane Irma? What are you concerned about in terms of recovery? You can call us and leave your comment or question right here on the Florida Insurance Roundup by calling 850-388-8002. 850-388-8002. Drop us an email at Lisa Miller at lisamillerassociates.com. Remember, we have a passion for policy and client success. That's the Florida Insurance Roundup for today. This has been Lisa Miller and Associates, Florida Insurance Roundup, your podcast on the people, issues, and regulations shaping Florida's insurance market. For more information on today's program, please visit us on the web at www.lisamillerassociates.com.